0: Listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 28, and today, in preparation for the holidays, we are talking about some of our favorite books featuring dysfunctional families. I'm Liberty Hardy. Here is my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com.
1: Hello. Hello. I miss you. You're so far away now. I know. What a great time that was. It was so much fun doing our live show. Yeah. I wish we could do it like that every time. I know, now that we've done a show while snuggling, I really would like that to be the experience every time.
0: Just kidding. I've dug a hole out behind your house, and I'm living in it. (laughs) Pretty soon, I'm going to show up at your door and be like,
1: let's do the podcast. I have a big uh, window right next to my desk, and one time during a podcast recording with Jeff, I saw something out of the corner of my eye on my window, and when I turned, there was, like, the neighbor's white cat was sitting up on the window ledge staring at me. That was my familiar. I know. That's what I can assume. So just come on back.
0: Yeah, but seriously, like, Book Riot Live was the greatest thing. Everyone and thank was you, so
1: nice. Yes. Thank you to all of you who came and who hung out with us at the live show and who introduced yourselves to us so that we could talk and know who you are in person. It was so much fun. I can't I just can't get over how great that weekend was.
0: Two people thought I was you. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I'm honestly surprised that what that the mix-ups don't happen more. Yeah.
0: Unrelated. If two people ask you for the money back that you borrowed, I don't <laughs> know what they're talking about. I'll be
1: like, are you sure that wasn't Liberty? <laughs> Deny, deny, deny. Wait, was I wearing leggings with kittens on them at the time? (laughs) Can you
0: believe I was wearing kitten pants and I didn't even realize it until later? (laughs) Which is like my favorite expression.
1: It's so funny. Yeah. You and your, and yeah, they are literal kitten pants, but I guess because they're leggings, I just didn't process the pants. Part, but Me either. yeah I miss a lot <laughs> they're totally pants so we're done with uh talking well we're not totally done because in December we'll do the best books of December and yes. just all in one week but we're almost done talking about new books for the year and we're doing th- some themes now
0: today we're going to put the fun in dysfunctional
1: Mm-hmm. just in time for Thanksgiving
0: <laughs> yes yeah you want to kick it off I will. Uh, my first book is appropriately named. Um, it's called All Families Are Psychotic by Douglas <laughs> Copeland. Accurate. Who is so great. Um, he's written so many books now. Uh, one of our riot our coworkers did her thesis on him, I believe, so I hope yes. that I do her justice in discussing him um, because I don't want her to come at me like a howler monkey. Um, <laughs> but he wrote uh, Girlfriend in a Coma and Generation X, and he's just really awesome. And this is about a family that is gathering in Cape Canaveral uh, for a, a space shuttle launch. Um, they have not been all together for a few years. Something just insane happened, and uh, so this is the first time they're getting back together. Uh, there's. It starts with Janet, who is the mother of the family. She is this um, woman who put her life on hold to have children and take care of her husband, um, and, of course, her husband leaves her for a younger trophy wife later on. He's kind of, He's a horrible man. He's a big philanderer. Um, they have three children. Wayne is the oldest. He got into, he got into a lot of trouble. His father uh, was very horrible to him. He used to hit him and just took everything out on him. And uh, he got into a lot of trouble, and now he's trying to straighten his life out. Um, he's married a very religious woman named Bath. They're about to have a child. Of course, it opens with him. He's just spent the night in jail. Um, the middle child is named Sarah. She is going up in the spaceship. She is an astronaut. She, uh, was born missing an arm. Her mother took, uh, thalidomide when she had morning sickness, mm. and unfortunately the baby was born without an arm. So she feels like she has something to prove to the world, and she's also her father's favorite, so she's been striving, but she's, this isn't really what she wants, but she, she's doing it. She's just going <laughs> to space to impress her parents like you do, um... And she's married to a totally perfect, obnoxious man named Howie. And then there's the youngest named Brian, who just can't seem to do anything right. And he's brought his new girlfriend with him named Shwa. She doesn't have any vowels in her name. It's S-H-W. And she is a nightmare. And she is also pregnant. And so they are all about to get together. And uh, the, this book is, has things that happen that, like, if they happened once in a book, I'd be like, that is so ridiculous. But it's just one series of crazy things after another until you get to the end where it's practically science fiction. That is just (laughs) so much fun and insane. And it's also, like, touching because, like, families are hard. Family is a difficult thing, um, especially when it involves uh, car crashes and robberies, kidnappings, Disney World, and then one very rare item up for sale on the black market. Oh. So um, it's just a ton of fun. He's really funny. And again it is called All Families Are Psychotic by Douglas Copeland.
1: I've never read him. Do you think that would be a good place to start? Oh, don't tell Brenna.
0: She'll break she'll break up with you. I know. Yeah, it's a great oh, it's a great place to start. When I was briefly looking it up just now, it said that it wasn't in print, but I don't think that
1: can be possible. Oh, maybe it's, there's an ebook version.
0: Yeah, because it's only from two thousand and one. So oh. I don't know.
1: Publishing is weird. I yes. would believe it.
0: Speaking of Um, weird, the title of your next...
1: Oh, it's so very good. weird. It is so weird. So my first pick is Miss Entropia and the Atom Bomb, A-D-A-M, like the boy's name, by George Rabasa. This came out several years ago, and I've loved it ever since. Uh, it kicks off on Thanksgiving Day. The family is sitting around the dinner table having Thanksgiving dinner, and um, Adam Webb is the main character. He's a teenage boy. His family has had it with him again. This is not the first time they've been down this road. And as they're eating Thanksgiving dinner, the van from the Institute Los Losso uh, which is the local fancy uh, nut house basically for trust fund kids? Uh, they live in a, a fancy suburb of Minnesota, Co- comes back to cart him away yet again. Uh, so, in the van, he meets Francine Haggard, but she calls herself Miss Entropia um, and, or goes by Pia for short. Uh, and they hit it off. So, they hijack the van at the next stop and they run off together. Um, they're camping out in this van, like stealing food from the food court at the mall. And of course, they fall in love. Uh, It's a great coming of age story about teenage love and desperation. Uh, They lose some things uh, like they lose their marbles and they lose their virginity. And they find some things such as each other and their senses of identity. Um, But eventually they're caught. And Adam is returned to the Institute. But Pia has managed to run away. So he's trying to figure out how to search for her so that they can run away again and start their lives together because they're teenagers and they're in love. And of course, they're ready to commit to forever. Uh, it, it's poignant. It's funny. Um, it's really about the absurdity and the insanity of adolescence, period. Um, not so much about the the problems that these kids supposedly have. Um, and that was a thing that, you know, is sort of always left open in the story is like, do these kids really have problems that should have landed them in this mental health institute? Or, you know, are they teenagers sort of acting on the extreme of what adolescence is and their families can't handle it. Um, It's great, I think, if you're an actual adolescent and you're feeling misunderstood um, or if you're an adult who has not forgotten what that feeling is like. Um, It's just a a great look at family, at adolescence, at... um, you know, that like desperately in love, hoping for an answer, finding one person that will take you out of your existence and make everything better um in a heartbeat. And and that first glimpse that you can get, uh of first love of being willing to overlook someone else's crazy, uh, which is, you know, often a part of love. I just really enjoyed it. I've been meaning to go back to it for a few years. It's from Unbridled Books, which does great, great novels. Um, and so that's Miss Entropia and the Atom Bomb by George Rabassa. I love Unbridled. I know, they're so great. Um, but Hey, before we keep going, can I tell you about a thing? Yes, please. Cool. Um, we don't have an official sponsor this week, but I do want to pitch our quarterly box again. Um, if you are new to the show or if you've just been hesitating to check it out, Book Riot has a quarterly subscription box where you pay fifty bucks for the quarter, and we send you a box of books that we love and bookish items. Uh, the value always exceeds fifty dollars, so you get good bang for your buck. Um, the next box comes out in a couple of weeks. It'll get shipped on December fourth, so you still have time to subscribe. You can go to bookriot.com/quarterly to get the info and to subscribe. But the theme of the box is going to be uh, exciting new voices from 2015. And we've talked so much on this show about this being a year of debuts. So you're going to get some debut books that we loved. Um, it actually happens that I picked one of these and Liberty picked one of them uh, and there will be other awesome bookish items. We usually do something custom in the past. People have gotten flasks or a hat that says books on it or all kinds of stuff. Um, it's really fun. It's I think my favorite project from Book Riot and everybody loves getting mail. Uh, so go to bookriot.com slash quarterly get info about the quarterly box. Sign yourself up. It would make a great gift subscription for someone who loves books. Um, I think the you know, some of the fun, most of the fun is in the surprise of not knowing, you know, what's going to be in there each time. Um, And we also have a young adult quarterly box. The next one of those goes out in January. So if you lean more young adult, um, I don't commit to any specifics about genre or age group or format or, um, you know, any of that stuff for the mainline box. It's just books that we love, uh, maybe that have flown a little bit under your radar. You're not going to get like a New York Times number one bestseller in this box because you've probably already read it or decided that you're not interested in it so this is stuff that we're hoping to introduce more readers to Uh, this next box is going to be really great Um, and we've worked with the authors to get some cool things from them as well so bookriot.com quarterly sign up let me send you awesome bookish mail
0: can I add something yes you can now uh
1: purchase the hat just the hat itself which is really
0: awesome which I was very excited about
1: Yes. Yeah. Last winter we did the, it's like a gray beanie hat that says books across it in gold um, in the quarterly box. And that was an exclusive item. We waited a year and now the books hat is in the Book Riot store. So you can go to store.bookriot.com and get that. Good thinking, Lib. I've bought so many things.
0: (laughs) I bought like two of the reader Die shirts, the book life shirt, a reader Die bag. It's just out of control. Because it yeah. takes PayPal. Like, There's <laughs> nothing stopping me. PayPal is just
1: so easy. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to tell you about my next book, which is a nonfiction book. It's a memoir. It's called oh. Five Finger Discount, A Crooked Family History by Helene Stepinski. And I love this book so much. This is definitely one of my favorite memoirs. And it's not just a memoir of about Helene Stepinski. It's a memoir of Jersey City. Ooh. It's this is one of the most crooked, uh, cities in the history of the country. I mean, it, she grew up there. Um, everybody was on the take. The politicians were crooked. There was a lot of crime going back, you know, several hundred years. Um, it just, these stories that she tells are just amazing about her very large family. She is a Polish Italian family and, and, um, the, the city itself is just incredible. It was the city. Hamilton believed he was going to make it the new uh, New York City. Like, he, mm. he kind of left New York. He was like, I hate this place. And he went over there. And he was like, I'm going to make this the new New York City. But then, you know, Aaron Burr shot that idea down. So <laughs> um, she just tells these stories that, like if you don't laugh, you'll cry kind of stories. You know what I mean? Like Mm. stories that within your family, you tell each other and everyone's like, ha ha, remember that time that, you know, mom ran over dad with the car? And, (laughs) you know, other people are like, but to the family, like this is the entertainment. Um, It starts with her uh, violent grandfather. Um, He's threatening to kill her and her siblings and her mom. And the police come and take him away, but they let him out uh, right away because the judge is crooked and he's on a take. And it turns out that, like the politicians in this town were so brutal like when her grandfather was growing up everybody got hit and punched all the time like if you were near a crime and the cops saw you they would hit you with a billy club um if you know you committed a crime or if you looked like somebody who committed a crime they would just beat you up that's all they did even the even the mayor like the mayor would call a meeting with you and if you said something that he didn't like he would punch you in the nose and that's these, just crazy it's but it's true like it's you're reading this you're like this is insane and they're they're basically like mobsters and all these, like, head injuries led to a lot of people being really messed up, which caused more crime and more people, you know, being all crazy. Um, and so, the, but the town had, like, this mentality that was like, well, if the politicians and the people that we're supposed to respect, like, the cops and the judges are thieves, then there's something wrong with us being thieves. So, basically, everybody in this town... Stole whether it was from other people, whether it was from their jobs, it was just a thing that you did like kids got they called it swag stuff that fell off the back of trucks, like mm. all the time, like her dad worked at an ice cream factory and he would come over or a frozen food factory you'd come home with like frozen foods because that's you know what you did. you just took it, and it also had the highest property taxes in the country. I mean, they were just like taking money from these people all the time, and it was just it's just so interesting, just the history of this town, and it's really about how like. You know, she she talks about growing up with these young cousins and how they all played together and all these stories. And and when they grow up, lots of her young cousins became criminals because this was the life that they were introduced to. And uh, somehow she managed to avoid all that, and she grew up to be a journalist who ended up writing stories about her family members, you know, for the local paper because, wow. you know, they were crooked politicians and, and all this stuff. And then there's also this one uh, weird story about an inappropriate ice cream cake, but... Um, <laughs> It's just about how a whole town can affect your upbringing. Like, it takes a town to raise a criminal. Like, it's just, it's really incredible. Um, And it's also, but like I said, it's very funny. Like, it doesn't sound like it would be. But the way she tells it is really great and beautiful. And I just love it. So, again, it is called Five Finger Discount, A Crooked Family History by Helene Stepinski. I'm going to read
1: that. Oh, it's so good. It sounds awesome. I do love a family memoir. I'm now I'm like bummed that I didn't think about memoirs when we were putting this list together because I bet there are some. I'm sure that there are some that if I sat for five minutes and thought about it, I could have done on this show. But that's okay because my next pick is a book that I love anyway, um, and it wouldn't be an all the books favorites show if we didn't talk about A.S. King.
0: All right. You talk about the book (laughs) and I'll just sit here and purr.
1: Okay. Uh, So I'm going to talk about Glory O'Brien's History of the Future. Um, This is about a teenage girl named Glory O'Brien. Her mother committed suicide when she was four. Um, She and her father have been struggling since then to figure out how to do life together. Um, Her dad doesn't really know what's up with her or quite what to do with her. um, And she is really struggling to make her own way and figure out who she is. Um, Glory has this best friend who lives in the commune. It's basically a religious Commune across the way, um, and they're in conflict with each other as well. Uh, But one night, she and the best friend find a petrified bat hanging out on one of their uh, back decks. And so they take this petrified bat and they grind it up and they mix the dust with beer because they're teenagers. And so that sounds like a good idea. Uh, And they drink the dusty bat beer concoction, and it starts giving them visions. It gives them the ability to look at people out in public and see like flashes of scenes from the person's infinite past or future. Uh, So they might like see an old man at the shopping mall and know that uh, his great, great grandfather fought in, you know, a certain battle in a certain war and how that affected their family. Or they might be able to look at someone else and see that that person's great, great, great granddaughter who would and live for another hundred years was going to do something significant, um, but they eventually start putting together these visions and realizing that what they're seeing in the future is um, essentially a second civil war that's fought over uh, gender equality and women's rights, rather than racial equality and slavery, the way that uh, the first civil war was fought. And so, Glory starts to understand feminism and the value of uh, yeah, the value of being a feminist and the importance of it, but also starting to think. think. Think about the consequences of her actions and of today's politics for future generations. Um, It's not so much about the dysfunctional family as it is about the fact that you can have a dysfunctional family and still find a way through Life And find a way to make your life meaningful and important, even if you are just a teenager. Uh, And I love that A.S. King, there's always something surreal and weird, um, maybe a little bit magical about her stories, but they're firmly grounded in the feelings that real people have. Um, And it just it comes right back to you can be... A teenager, you can be an adult, you can have struggled through so many difficult experiences, you can have no idea who you are or why you might be important, but opening yourself to the possibilities, in this case, drinking bat dust in beer, Um, but who knows in real life how that might manifest itself. It's Um, disgusting. It is disgusting. (laughs) i didn't try it no it's not like you have a little pile of bat (laughs) dust somewhere it sounds like a weird uh, take on macbeth like instead of like eye of a newton tail of a something you get like you know dust of a bat Um, yeah but it's, what was I saying? Sorry. I'm all distracted now. It's, it's <laughs> fine. I just, I love A.S. King so oh, yes. much. I really loved this book. Um, And that we see glimpses of Glory's family. We see, you know, what was going on with her mother when she killed herself. We see how Glory thinks about her mom and her mother's suicide and how that has shaped her life. But we really get to see a teenage person find their way in the world and find their way into having real meaning in their life, um, not just despite, but because of, um, of um, the difficult things that their family has given them. So that's Glory O'Brien's History of the Future by A.S. King.
0: I'm going to talk about another one of our favorite people now. Yay! Lily King. Oh, I love her. Oh, my goodness. She's so glorious. Um, the book I'm going to talk about is called Father of the Rain. And again, like I said, it's by Lily King. And it starts during the year of, of the impeachment of Nixon, Uh Daily, Anne-Marie is 11 years old, and she is witnessing the end of her parents' marriage. Like, it's just coming apart. Um, Her mother is becoming more and more socially aware. She's becoming an activist. She's very liberal. Her father is more of a charismatic, conservative, blandering booze hound, really. Like, good old boy, sort of. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's very good old boy. Um, And as her father realizes that his worldviews have become outdated, he becomes more unhinged and more destructive which is harmful to Daly most of all. She is uh, being shuttled back and forth between her mother and father's homes, and the more she sees, the more she realizes that you know, her father is not right, and it's, it's really affecting her in ways that she doesn't even even know. Um, then it skips to the second half of the book, in which Daly is a grown adult, and she is returning to her waspy hometown to visit her father, who is very ill. Um, And it's here that she must make a decision. Does she want to repair her relationship with this hateful man, this man who has never really changed or made any apologies or done anything, um, to reach out to her, you know, even though... Does she want to repair that relationship Mm -hmm. just because he's her father, you know? Or does she want to keep him out of her life forever? She's uh, risking losing her career. She's risking losing the man that she loves by going home. And so she has to deal with that and... You know, kind of think about all the damage that was caused by him. Um, And it kind of follows my whole mantra, which is family is a privilege, not an obligation. Mm. You know, and um, so this book, all the tears. So many. I ugly cried (laughs) like it must have been a record. I just I just kept sobbing. People were like, what's wrong with it? I'm like, it's so good. It's so good. It's Oh, my goodness. And when I talked to people, they were like, I really cried. I was like, yeah, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I just read it earlier this year because you mentioned oh, it yeah. to me. And so much. It's
0: so marvelous. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to stop there. But, yeah, ugly crying, It's that's a good thing, by the way. Like, it's, it's yeah. a good thing.
1: It, we'll have to rename so, this show All the Tears. Yeah,
0: this book definitely because – it's so wonderful. And Lily King is an amazing, amazing writer. Um, and again, it is called Father of the Rain.
1: All right. Uh, My next pick is one of my favorite debuts of this year. It's not in the quarterly box, so don't worry. Uh, In the Language of Miracles by Rajia Hasib. I talked about it when it came out uh, on the show, and this is uh, uh, about a family that is having problems, and their problems are not necessarily because of their dysfunction, but their dysfunction reveals how they deal with all these problems. Uh, So it's about the Alman-Shawi family. They've been pillars of their small New Jersey town for decades. The father is a hardware Doctor, The mother has been involved in you know, all the community efforts. And for as long as they've lived in this town, they've been best friends with the white family uh, that live next door. And so this is also about the immigrant experience, how very much harder uh, immigrants have to work in America just to be considered you know regular parts of the community and equal to uh, their white neighbors. Um, this The story takes place one year after a tragedy in which one of the Alman Shawi sons died and their neighbors, who are their best friends, their daughter died as well, and everyone is still reeling from it. Um, the whole book takes place in the week leading up to the memorial that the next-door neighbor family has planned for their daughter. Um, and because of the role that the Alman Shawi's son played in her death, they are trying to decide if they should go to this memorial or not. The father wants to go. He wants to stand up and say, You know, essentially, we're very sorry for what happened. We are still part of this community. We are still grieving, also. And so we support the family. Um, The rest of the family thinks it's a terrible idea to, you know, essentially make it about them when this other family had an innocent child um, who died. And we, throughout that week of the story, get to see the cracks in the parents' marriage, the tension between them and uh, one of the mothers in law who lives with them. We see the two remaining kids trying to figure out um, how to make sense of their lives going forward, who to be friends with, who to trust, how to look back on the relationship that they had with their brother and sort of, you know, understand it in a hindsight being 2020 kind of way. Um, the family's dysfunction was clearly not the cause of the tragedy in this story, but the tragedy reveals where the broken parts are in the family because of the fact that they're not unified in trying to recover from it. They don't pull together. They are pulled apart um, and many ways by it. And then there are flashbacks to different parts of the family's lives throughout the novel. It's so gorgeously written. It's so thoughtful. Um, it's this year's book for people who loved everything I never told you by Celeste Ng. Um, I think they go hand in hand very well together. It's just such a very careful look at what happens to families in horrible moments, in catastrophic moments. And, um, I think essentially what happens if you're not watching out for your dysfunction all the way along um, and then something bad happens, how those dysfunctions and bad habits and, you know, poor communication, all that stuff can come out. Um, it's so, so, so good. Man, I just really loved it. I hope that um, I hope that Raja Hasib sells a bajillion copies of it. Uh, so that's In the Language of Miracles. And it's by Rajia Haseeb.
0: I saved this one for last because I wanted to say save- the least amount of words about it mm. because I read it in manuscript form and I didn't know a single thing about it and it was amazing. And then when it came out, I started reading the reviews and it gave away so much and I was like, what? Uh, yeah, no, I, I was like right. angry. I was really angry. Um, it was such a surprise to me and such a delight. And this book is called Boy Snowbird* by Helen Oyayemi, who is remarkable. Oh my goodness. So she's remarkable. such an amazing author. Um, so Boy Snowbird* takes place in Three parts. It starts in 1953 when there is a young woman named Boy Novak, and she's fleeing her violent father and her life in New York. And she winds up in this uh, idyllic small town in Massachusetts. And she gets a job as well. I'm sure I was trying to think like more like a boat. Would you call her a boat girl? Like she gets like a modeling job where she goes yeah. and she just goes and stands around yes, so that yes, like she's all the like, businessmen can talk right. to pretty girls. Yeah, um, that's and, she, fair. and she meets a handsome widower named Arturo who is raising an enchanting young daughter named Snow. I'm going to stop right there and say that, like, I read this book just, like, from cover to cover in one sitting. And at the end, I was like, oh, oh, this is Snow White. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it did not even occur to me. Like, there was no description <laughs> of the book or anything. Like, I was just so taken with the book. I It didn't even occur to me until I got to the end. So, yeah, so her new husband has a daughter named Snow. Um, and boy, so, yes, they get married. <laughs> is it her husband already? <laughs> they Surprise! <get> ma- <laughs> Surprise! Um, they get married, and soon after, Boy has a baby of her own, which is named Bird, and it changes everything. Um, the hidden family history comes to light, as well as Boy's competitive nature and her maternal instinct to replace Snow with her own daughter, Bird, as the family's golden child. And it's here that she sort of becomes wicked, um, and I just I don't want to say anything else about it, because okay. I don't want to give anything away. It's yeah. so remarkable. She's so good with fairy tales. Like, she takes them, and she she just does amazing things with them. Um, And her new book of stories, I've been working through it. It's so good. comes out in March. And, again, this book is called Boy Snowbird by Helen Oyeyemi. And you should just read it. Don't read anything about it. Just read it. Yeah. I was kind of thinking I would just say the title and then sing Simply the Best, but my (laughs) voice is kind of gone today. So I I changed my my Yeah, it's...
1: If you pick it up, don't read the jacket copy. Yeah, don't read the jacket. (laughs) Otherwise,
0: it ruins everything.
1: Margaret Atwood was joking at Book Riot Live about that, about like the process of publishing a book and how like she said, you know, like a 22-year-old intern will write the jacket copy and give away all the secrets and then they send it to you and you can take all the secrets out.
0: And change (laughs) all the characters' names Right, and change all the characters' names back to
1: what's (laughs) what's right. But Boy Snowbird is definitely one of those cases. And like, it's, our, our jobs make it possible sometimes for us to read books in a vacuum like that. Like you just get the manuscript with no other information. And so you get to just experience the book on the book's own terms Um, and I try to I think we both try to go into books as blind as possible most of the time Um, but it's hard you're gonna like you see jacket copy and you absorb stuff or you see stuff on the internet just try not to absorb anything else about Boy Snowbird that's really good advice yes um, my last one is just a novel that I really loved, and I devoured it in almost one sitting a couple of summers ago. It's Maine by J. Courtney Sullivan. This is about the Kelleher family. They have a beach house in Maine, big surprise, uh, and it's always been the center of the family's activity and sort of the point that they go back to to be together and to regroup. Um, three generations of Kelleher family women converge on the beach house with all of their baggage, both literal and uh, emotional. Um, Maggie is 32 years old. She's pregnant. She has not told her boyfriend yet. She's trying to figure that out. Um, Anne-Marie married into the family. She's the next generation up. Um, She channels all of her angst into being obsessed with dollhouses. Like she builds these incredibly elaborate dollhouses and goes to competitions and to dollhouse conventions and, you know, like scours the internet for the exact right accessory to put in the exact right room of her dollhouse. It's very uh, like, you know this kind of person in your life, and the dollhouse becomes an interesting symbol. Um, And then there's Kathleen, who's the black sheep of the family she has left and moved to the West Coast. She's like raising worms, I think, with her boyfriend, something like Like she's gone. Yeah, she's gone like West Coast hippie, um, opposite of Maine, waspy. She thought she was never going to come home again, but here she is. Um, And then there's Alice, who is the matriarch of the family. Classic, uh, like, late middle age waspy woman. She maybe gets into the Chardonnay a little earlier every day than she should. Um, and they're all in this pressure cooker together in this, be- this beach house that isn't big enough for all these personalities at once. But there they are. Um, their secrets, their fears, their hopes, their regrets, um, things that they wish that they never knew about each other, things that they wish each other would never know about them. Everything sort of comes to life. Um, And it has that potential to be disastrous in the way that your family finding out everything about you has the potential to be terrifying and disastrous. Um, But it's not wholly disastrous. Courtney Sullivan's writing is so compelling. I remember reading like 300 pages of this in one day, which is not a thing that I do frequently. That's a lot of pages for me uh, in one day. It's so, so good. Once I got into it, I just could not stop. Um, I was traveling with my actually with my family at the time. Uh, And it was also a perfect, you know, sort of convergence. So if you're going to be stuck in a house with a bunch of your family over Thanksgiving, Maine is a good thing to read. And you can think about summer um, and you can think about how Courtney Sullivan understands what families are like. Uh, I really loved it. I've recommended it widely for the last several years. I think I will continue to. uh, So that's Maine, like the state where Liberty lives Yes, uh, by J. Courtney Sullivan.
0: (laughs) I like it here. It's
1: pretty. It is pretty. I've only been there once, but I liked it.
0: Um, I I wanted to tell you something that I just found out. Um, I'm going to the National Book Award Ceremony this week. Oh yes. And um, they're giving the Outstanding Service to the American Literary Community Award to James Patterson. Oh! <laughs> so I think I'm just going to sit there at my table holding a knife and fork and,
1: like, <laughs> mouth the words, nom, nom, nom. <laughs>
0: See what happens. I have, so have wondered money more than already?
1: <laughs> if James Patterson has gotten word that this woman on the internet is threatening to eat him. Maybe he'll just buy a bunch of copies of yeah. Alexander Cheese Queen of the Night so he can save his own life.
0: Yeah, but everyone's going to buy Alex's book anyway. So,
1: it's, so true. It's I finally got time. to meet Alex at Book Riot Live. That was really wonderful. Oh, yay! He's great. He's so great. So that's our show. James Patterson is safe. What are you going to read next? I am reading, I just started it last night, The People in the Trees by Hanya Yanagihara. Um, I loved A Little Life earlier this year, and I had had the people people in the trees sitting on my desk. Literally, the book has been on my desk for like two years. Uh, So I'd been meaning to get back to it. And now that we're past paying attention to all the new releases all the time for the year, I'm going to go to backlist. So I've just started that. Um, The Frame story is about uh, an anthropologist who had won the Nobel Prize for his work with a with a remote tribe on a small island in the South Pacific uh, and he's adopted a bunch of children from that tribe and raised them and then one of them accuses him of abuse and so he is writing his memoirs from prison uh, and I'm only about I don't it's like a 500 page book I think I'm only about 85 or 100 pages into it um, feels very different from A Little Life um, kind of reminding me of Euphoria by Lily King um, which was an excellent book that came out last that was last year right yep. Euphoria um, and And also feels like State of Wonder by Ann Patchett a little bit, Um, just in the subject matter, not necessarily the writing. I like those stories about, you know, anthropologists and their twisty, turny lives. So we'll see. But that's what I'm into so far. What about you?
0: I'm going to read Margaret the First by Daniel Dutton, who is the founder and publisher of Dorothea Publishing Project, which is a really great, amazing, very tiny, small press. Um, This is her new novel. And it says here it dramatizes the life of Margaret Cavendish, the shy but audacious 17th century Duchess who was the first woman in England to write for publication, which sounds hmm. awesome. She wrote yeah. volumes of poems, philosophy, feminist plays, and utopian science fiction. Cool. Yeah. Plus, she had tattoos on her face, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, well, that's commitment. Little
0: stars. They might not be real though.
1: Well, you'll have to find out.
0: Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to keep reading. <laughs> um, yeah, this past week, I've just been kind of unconscious, shaking off the bronchitis.
1: So, oh, man, I'm excited to read more. Yay. I'm glad you're going to be healthy again. So that's our show this week. Be sure to go to bookriot.com quarterly to get info and subscribe to our quarterly box. Again, the next one goes out on December 4th. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. If If you like the show and you've got a minute please take some time to rate or review it on iTunes lets us know how we're doing and it helps other book lovers who are you know searching iTunes for podcasts to find their way to us which of course we love because the more the merrier
0: And although we didn't talk about new releases on the podcast, you can read about titles out today in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly news books newsletter. If you're not signed up for that already, I will continue to talk about new books every week through the rest
1: of the year and beyond. And that's it. Yeah, next week we're doing the books we are thankful for. And I might cry. So stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Happy reading. Happy reading.